Hey everybody, it's Sunday? We've never done Sunday. Sunday, September 6th, September. See what you did? <laughs> December 16th, 2012. And you're listening to episode 41 of the Non-Sequitur Podcast. Clearly, it has been a long time since we have done this because I am as rusty as a nail. Uh, we have all four of us plus a special guest. Let's introduce ourselves, starting with you. I'm Kelly. I'm Andrew. Melissa. Amy. And I'm Luke. So yeah, I think it might be uh, September since we last sat down in front of the microphone to do this because we had a PAX show that we did live and then we did an Austin show from Texas that was live and now we are back in the living room in the real podcast environment. So hopefully we do not screw this up too bad like I did with the intro. I'm not sure it's possible. (laughs) To screw it up worse than I did or? Well, I mean, isn't the whole point of our show that it's Total and utter chaos? Well, it's chaos. It's just trying not to be sucky. That's the goal. Oh. You need to be bizarre without being awful. So yeah. we'll do our best today. Kelly looks like he just ran a marathon and Melissa is sick. So if there's any sniffling, blame her. If you catch the plague through this podcast, please let us know. <laughs> and then do not sue us. Welcome to America. Yes. And then we totally want to figure out how that happened because I, want, I know some people that need to listen to it. <laughs> All right, we need to uh, touch on something from Austin. This is almost a a shameless self-promotion, but we never talked about the fact that I not only touched a Formula One car, but I also changed its wheel. That's Uh, true. We never talked about the Fan Fest where I got to change a wheel on a McLaren MP4 25, 6? One of the last couple years of cars before they did the dumb step nose. But yeah, there was a, a Mobile One station set up where you could use like the real F1 pit wheel gun to take off a real F1 tire and wheel set over the brakes and all that stuff. And so should we also talk about how terrible your team was okay. doing it? Okay. <laughs> Our team was bad, but I blame it on my two uh, teammates. For the record, his two teammates were not Amy and I. Yes. So. Okay, yeah. That is true. No, at one point I think the guy taking off the wheel nut, like pulled the wheel nut away while it was still spinning in the wrench and it went flying out, like rolling <laughs> Practically across. into the street. Yeah, like it was It was almost a very dangerous situation. We were wearing Jeez. gloves and glasses, thankfully. But uh, F1 tires and wheels are extremely light. You, you don't think about it until you actually hold one and it just feels like it's fake. So they are full of interesting technology. So yeah, I touched an F1 car and it was awesome. All right, we need to settle one more thing before we move on with the show. Okay. Kelly, on episode 39... You got rudely interrupted with a phone call from a girl. (laughs) Melissa was like, ooh, Kelly's got a date. Kelly said, yes, I do. Whatever happened with that date? Do you remember? Who was it that called me? No, it wasn't Julie. Some girl. It was a girl on the phone. You wouldn't let us listen in because you didn't want us to hear it. We only heard your side of the conversation. So what date? You didn't put her on speakerphone. Do you remember anything about this date two months ago? Not a a thing. Dang it. Ah. Last, Last two months have been a little busy, so... All right. If you ever think of it during this podcast, feel free to interrupt whoever's speaking and tell us about your date. Because Aaron, Aaron has been asking for Kelly's dating stories for if over I, a year now. Well, so. I was going to say, we are getting close to the end of the year, and this was, went, this your, was New your New Year's resolution. Yes. To I, go on a date. I kind of sort of went on a date on Friday. Yeah? yeah. yeah. All right. I'm not, not going to tell you about it. Ah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Sorry, Aaron. We tried. We tried. Rough. All right. Let's move on with the card game. Uh, basically, we draw cards and then talk about them. That's that's my synopsis of how this game works. <laughs> Andrew, being the new person, would you like to pull a card first? It says, Luke is breaking the rules again. It's time to watch a controversial video. Oh, my video. God. Why did this one get pulled first? All right. <laughs> Instead of the normal thing where we listen to the video on the podcast, I'm going to just cut out whatever we say. In the meantime, we'll come back in, explain what happened, and then we'll discuss the video itself. Okay. Who would like to describe that video for the people that did not watch it? 
middle school wrestling team, it looks like. They're, they got the, the mats out on the floor. They're in the gym. Um, first shot we see is of the coach or the dad, some adult, who is positioning a young man who is starts out just laying. I mean, he's laying on the ground to start out with. And from the beginning of the video, I could not tell if this was like halfway through the wrestling match or if this was the beginning or what was going yeah, I on. I thought he'd had his like butt handed to him. Oh. And this was like an emergency situation. It was a little confusing. But um, then Luke tells us that the kid um, has cerebral palsy. Um, so it's clear that this is not a child who can stand or sit on his own. Um, probably is, is wheelchair bound most of the time. But um, his able-bodied opponent shakes hands and then the wrestling match begins. Um, the able-bodied young boy um, tries to, I don't know, flip the other kid? or I'm not entirely sure what was going on. Um, but the, the um, child with cerebral palsy, I guess, gets him in a headlock and wins the match. Okay, that's a good summary. Kelly, would you like to add anything to that? I think her interpretation of the well, end is a little bit different. Yeah, um, so the, the able-bodied kid... He he made a good show of it, but it was pretty clear that he was positioning himself to let the oh other yeah he let, he let the kid win. yeah he let the other kid win very very obviously. But so this is one of those videos that's been going around social networks as like this great like amazing thing for humanity that it's you know so encouraging and uplifting to see this young man, the able-bodied man, take a fall to help this kid with cerebral palsy feel like a hero in this wrestling match. But when I saw this video, I was disgusted at the sportsmanship of it. And I'm actually curious to hear what you guys think about this kind of thing. There's obviously a case to be made that the kid that's capable of wrestling did something unusual for a kid of that age. But, but who put him up to it? That's the question. I was wondering yeah, this if the if parents probably the, the yeah. dad or the coach or <clears throat> yeah. whoever that might have been probably went potentially talked to the kid before and said like, hey. You're going to be wrestling a kid in your your weight class that's not capable of winning. Like, maybe there's some discussion before the match of like how this is going to turn out. But I was I was offended at the like lack of sportingness in this. Andrew, you look like you have something to say. I'm just I would like you to qualify your disgust. So I'm trying to think of myself. If I was the kid, the able-bodied child, mm -hmm. if, if I was approached beforehand and said, look, there's this kid with cerebral palsy that's in your weight class, we'd like you to throw the match. Depending on who it was, if it was my coach, I would say, no, we have to forfeit this match against the other team, or I'm not going to do it, or hopefully you can find somebody else in my weight class to participate because I am not going to throw this match to help this kid feel good or the other team win. If it was the dad of the of the child or someone from the other team that came up to me, I would be even less polite to them, I think. I would probably beat their child in front of them for even bringing it up. Okay, well, you're a jerk. That's true. I mean... I, it goes without saying. My middle school self would not have in any way thrown this match. Well, yeah, I was going to say that type of response, I mean, and this is not you know, Australia versus America or anything like that, but knowing my home country, if you came out with an attitude like that in Australia your name would be slandered to the ends of the earth for being a disgusting human being. Oh, sure. But um, it's, no, it's true here. I wouldn't yeah. have cared, so and it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, so I think in terms of looking at a video like that, I look at it much more from the psychological perspective of, for want of a better phrase, a disadvantaged child because at the end of the day, it is a match that the able-bodied kid is going to do one of probably countless in his life. 
but for the kid with cerebral palsy to have that sense of victory, to have that sense of winning something, when that is a feeling that is probably totally foreign to him, the value to him is probably immeasurable and the value to that kid's parents. I mean, I got no doubt that seeing their kid with a smile on his face, hearing around chanting, his parents were probably bawling their eyes out on the sidelines because of the value that that seemingly insignificant, you know, weekend match is going to have for him. And so I think the vast majority of people I know think sportsmanship, okay, well, that's as far as we're concerned, this context is totally irrelevant. The value. You think so? Yes, absolutely. In this context, absolutely. But the rules question. of the game don't supersede dis- disabled kids. I mean, that you need to go out there and try if you're going to be in a sport. It wasn't. Event. It wasn't an actual match, though. I mean, you got to think of it that way. It they was, were in uniforms. <clears throat> yes, but they said it. That ma- That particular match was not a sporting match. That was a set up thing for the child that had the cerebral palsy. He, I don't know how aware of what was happening yeah. there that child might have been but if 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 he was only capable of understanding that he had won and that you know he had accomplished something then that's really that's really great for that kid do you think a kid that's capable of knowing that he won would also be capable of knowing that it was a farce i mean i don't know in that kid's case sure it's, it's hard, hard to, to say, say. Yeah. yeah amy you've been silent i think the thing that i thought of while we were watching it, it was when we were in middle school, there was one girl who wrestled. And more than anything, she couldn't actually compete in matches because the boys would see that she, that they were going to compete against her and then they'd pull out. Yep. And so they would always, they, they learned that they had to enter her with just her first initial. They had to enter everybody on the team with just their first initial and their last name. So the other team didn't know until they actually... The Julie or whoever was... Yeah, yeah, until she walked out onto she the mat. She didn't get to compete for two years. Yeah, because people wouldn't compete against her. And that when she did get to compete it was it was something special and so more than it being something for, you know, for him to win and it, it whether or not it was a setup whatever that I think that part of it is kind of irrelevant, more it was the fact that somebody was willing to step out onto the mat with the kid and and wrestle with him. Like the same way for her, it was somebody was willing to do it. I suppose when you break it down, probably the way that I would look at this is what is of greater value in this match? Sportsmanship for the sake of that's just the rules, that's how it's done, or the joy it probably would have brought to that kid? Hmm. All right. I assumed that most people would disagree with me on this. It, okay. I, I, will agree, I will agree that it was a little disturbing to watch. It's It felt odd to me. but I mean, I was kind of surprised by the video. But, yeah, I mean, looking back, though... Now that we're talking about it, I definitely think it was okay. And, okay. And cool. That, that, yeah. the, the able-bodied kid can feel proud of himself. Yeah. Even though he, he, yeah. If he did that, you know, for the sake of that other kid, then that's great. Okay. For everybody else, I'll, I'll include the video in the podcast notes so you guys can watch it yourselves. But we should move on. Yes, to something not quite so... I can't believe that was drawn first. <laughs> well. I, I, should say, I should say for the record that I informed our listeners that we had an Australian on the show. So don't be surprised if the... Listener questions are a little bit offensive. So, <laughs> this is going to be amusing. So our first, our first Australia-based listener question is from Allison in Seattle, so it won't be so bad. We Hello, love Allison. Allison. Um, she says, which contributions to pop culture, if any, is Australia <laughs> proud of sharing with the world? <gasps> I know one. Oh, good grief. This is I'll let probably you answer one first, of, but I know one. <laughs> in terms of pop culture, it's probably not one which is really big in America, but far bigger in the U.K., and that'd be Kylie Minogue. I don't know. She's. I didn't realize she was Australian. Yeah. Hmm. 
Go on, go on is to YouTube. Still go, making music? <laughs> yes, yeah. she is. Go on to YouTube, search Kylie Minogue Locomotion as a 1987 hit. That's what launched her career. Wait, she was making music in 87? She was. She's wow. aged very well. Wow. And she's massive in the UK, absolutely massive. Um, but Australians, like, like I don't know. Cole Kidman and Hugh Jackman and... Oh, yeah, Lots I suppose I'm just thinking on the musical side of things. But if you want to go to the movie side, well, then, yeah, you've got people like that as well. Do and, Australians uh, write any books? No, oh, gosh. Neville, yeah. Neville Shute. Neville Shute is an Australian author from the middle of the 20th century hmm. on the beach. Have they oh, been, yeah, I know that book. It's about here. Have they been translated <laughs> into English? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we could talk at great length about the difference between American <laughs> and Australian English. And the translation, you just put a bunch of R's everywhere. That's all you have to do to change it. It's true. It's, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in terms of in terms of our contributions to pop culture, it really depends on the Australian that you encounter. Some people are very proud of you know anything that Australia accomplishes. A lot of people simply don't care. It's like okay, people don't know anything about Australia. It's like yeah, whatever. Not interested. Yeah. That's just who we are. If you don't like it, well, I'll clean it up. You can get stuffed. We don't care. <laughs> that's pretty much it. It's like we're down here. Yeah. You know, if you like the place, it's fine. Come say hello. That's so if you don't like it, well, there's the plane. See you later. Yep. So I hope that answers your question, Allison. Um, wait, wait, also, Kelly. What was yeah? What was your answer? I was gonna say a band's name, but um, why don't you just say the name? Because uh, I had a different thought, and <laughs> you just chased it out of my head. Yes. Um, Success. Wait. No, it was about Sydney. Oh, Sydney brought us The Matrix. What? Yeah. Yes. The movie The Matrix. Yes. Yeah. Was it filmed there? Yes. Oh. Now you if you actually look right towards the very end of the first Matrix film, you actually see a scene where the Harbour Bridge is actually in the background at the end of a street. And the part in the film where he shows, takes him into the Matrix or the training program, there's the woman in the red dress yeah. and he pauses and everything. That fountain is in a part of the Sydney Central Business District called Martin Place. Oh. It's a very well-known fountain, that one. Cool. There you I go. never would have known. And knowing South the Battle. G.I. Joe. All right. Next card. I'm going to pull my <laughs> yellow card. Okay. Um, self-healing concrete. What? Oh, I've heard of this. I've not heard of self-healing sort of. concrete. I've is heard of it, other self-healing products. Is it a colloidal <coughs> mixture like cornstarch that just oozes so, back into the hole after bacteria, you... bacteria, spores, and the... So, concrete creating bacteria and the nutrients that it needs are mixed in with the concrete so that when corrosive water comes in because concrete cracks as it yeah. ages as the water comes in it activates these little capsules of bacteria that create limestone to heal the, the concrete what happens if i feed somebody these capsules would they die from probably yes. but at this point they're in the they're just beginning <laughs> stages of outdoor testing of self-healing concrete why is it that whenever there's some kind of technology i'm always thinking about the evil ways to use it we had this conversation with like the phones that could be like nano coated to be waterproof and i was like we should feed them to people maybe maybe no you just want to is. feed everything to people and see what happens is all you're wanting he's still got this middle school just streak happens buried that, yeah. deep in <laughs> Just happens that most of them are thirteen year old lethal. Wait, wait, is this stuff, it's just being tested right now. It's, it's not an application. Well, the article is from the end of October. Okay, so and it's still being tested. So it's still being tested. They were just beginning outdoor testing. This is done in Finland, is where they're starting the testing and where it's being developed. Because everything awesome comes from Finland. That is true. Hikey comes from Finland. Uh, Some vodkas come from <laughs> and Finland. Heike is and everything awesome. Is that maybe what you're Christmas? 
<laughs> anyway, um, they if they are successful in their outdoor testing, they will begin commercially marketing it in the next two to three years. I'm curious what the price will be. That's sometimes the big challenge. Someone will come up with an awesome invention and then it's prohibitively expensive. They're like, yeah. we can just repave it with normal concrete for half the cost. The but price wonder, is though, enough. I wonder, though, if for something <laughs> like... Um, like historic preservation in places like Greece where acid rain is a particular problem. Hmm. Yeah. But then the, I imagine Greece like can't these, afford to buy I imagine, <laughs> I, I imagine these, these, these sidewalks and these structures and these, these are art pieces that have been healed having like concrete cancer. <laughs> it just keeps growing. Like, just keeps like growing. And then it just, it's, it's these horrible. Well, I think the idea is that, is that it, yeah. it's, the the concrete bacteria is going to just go through the crack and fill in the crack, and when they filled in so That's much the of the idea, crack that but the have water you ever seen a science fiction film. <laughs> yeah, I was say, I but when it like... can't get to any, but when there's no yeah. more water, the bacteria is just going to die. This is going to be used for evil by somebody. If it's not me, somebody else. Yeah. I'm just going to like throw it in people's yards and watch their grass turn to concrete. So six over years time from now, all the the May blockbusters are going to involve yes. bacteria <laughs> to produce concrete. <laughs> Excellent. Is it my turn? Yes, it, it is. is your turn. Pink card. This or that. Forks or spoons. How is this a question? What would you rather use? Obviously, a- you need both. What if one had to be taken off the planet forever? What could you could only use I one? Would kill myself with, with a fork or with a spoon. A knife. <laughs> I think I think I'd have to go fork on that one. You'd rather keep the knife or uh, sorry, keep the fork. <laughs> no, I think I'd rather keep the spoon. Get rid of the fork. Yeah, because you could stab things with a knife. Well, you could do that. You can also but sort you- of kind of scoop and sort of cut with the yeah. side of a spoon but if you've got if you've got any sort of liquid like soup or milk or something Cereal. like that yeah. your stuff soup with is it, done you know, if you get it. rid of soup spoon. you just eat a lot of you stew you a good point what? chicken noodle stew <laughs> you would it's have to drink thicker. your soup or yeah but then on the other hand spaghetti would be ruined forever <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> yep oh man You'd have to, well, I guess chopsticks are still an option. Chopsticks are still an option. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Spaghetti is saved. So you'd eat spaghetti. I'm, so I'm keeping the spoons. Of, get, rid of the get rid of the forks. Andrew? I'm just thinking listeners need to make sure they tune in next time because we you know, cover the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> you know, there might not be a next time. The end of the world is ca- happening next week, so you know this will be the last podcast. Yeah, I must have missed that one. <laughs> the, the whole Mayan calendar thing, is that not a big deal in Australia? They don't oh, are, are you not obsessed with Mesoamerican cults? <laughs> oh, <laughs> It's well another of those things of, oh gosh, the world's going to like, oh, that's nice. Anyway, what are we having for dinner? <laughs> but what are you going to use to eat your dinner? Going. Fork or spoon? I said spoon. You're going to keep spoons. I can just I'm going to keep spoons. Keeping spoons, keeping, keeping spoons. 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 All right, I'm keeping forks. Because you of course you are. Just, just to be controversial. No. Fork and stick it to your nose. I yeah. love forks. You did try that once, however. Yeah, I ran out of spoons. <laughs> you, you love forks. I love the ability of using a fork, yes. Uh, Is it just like this sort of you know, subconscious stop stabbing thing? Stabbing thing, thing yes. Yeah. And it makes using a knife a lot easier. I think using a spoon next to a knife or something would be a little bit of a challenge. He also likes dipping Dots instead of regular ice cream, which you probably I, could eat I with like a fork. I like both. Thank you. Although, I wish I had some dipping Dots now. <laughs> I can see it right now. <laughs> I'm so masculine with my fork. <laughs> stabbing all you idiots with knives or spoons, whatever. All right, Kelly. Wait, actually, before you go, is that a Dead Space shirt you're wearing? Yes. Awesome. Yes, it is. All right. <clears throat> Dry card. That one. <laughs> Blue card. <laughs> I'm so glad I pulled those. So Andrew. <laughs> From Aaron in New York, who is shh, shh, my friend. Secrets. <laughs> um, I imagine this one's for you, Andy. Um, is Foster's 
really Australian for beer. Oh, gosh. You know, when I first came to the States in 2006, one of the memories that I have oh, was going to, with my friend Andrew from Virginia, went down to um, his family were having extended extended family holiday down in Hilton Head Island. And I got there, it was like one in the morning and about 13 people had stayed up and they were fascinated by our money, which I've got some over there. And they were asking me all these questions. And one of the questions that came up was, so you all drink Foster's? <laughs> that was a good, good East Coast accent. It was, it really was. And um, I just said, excuse me, you know, you know Foster's, a strain for beer? And I just had this really puzzled look on my face. And I said to my friends, like, what are they talking about? <laughs> You've never and, seen, oh, I guess you never would have uh, seen these commercials. Not. And so he went on YouTube and he showed me one of these videos <laughs> and I tried not to burst out laughing. <laughs> and so they show, he showed me this ad and it's advertises Foster's Australian for beer. And it's a big thing in the UK as well, I found out. And basically I corrected him and was like, right, okay. Now that I've seen the ad, it is far more accurate to say Foster's Australian for export. <laughs> Foster's is generally considered in Australia to be nasty, nasty swill. Uh, it is actually difficult to find it. I have probably about six bottle shops within 10 minutes of me and only one has any form of Foster's and it's a couple of bowls in the end fridge down in the corner. So it's nice. Olympia beer. <laughs> yes, yeah. essentially, yeah. Nobody's ever heard of it. Nobody so does. Foster's Australian for beer is something that is exclusively not Australian. Uh, it's not advertised on Australian TV or radio or print or anything like that. Um, it's pretty much you know, an overseas thing. Okay, Kelly, have you ever had it? Is it even popular here in the States? I think I have had it once. Yeah, it's once that was I enough, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't recall it being an exciting or memorable experience. Because you'd had a few drinks before this, or... I don't remember. Or it was just really crappy beer. I mean... Yeah, that, that's possible. This is a kind of embarrassing thing that they advertise it like that, because Australia, in addition to making some incredible wines, makes some really amazing beers as well. We've got heaps of them, and it would seem that none of the good ones actually leave our shores. Well, they Okay, that, no, they do make it out here, places. but they're in the big cities, and they're like QFCs, and they're like $12 a bottle, so... Uh, nobody wants to buy it. Well, yeah, but well. I also know that like really major beer markets are fairly protective of their. I mean, Wisconsin. There are several big time beers that if you go to Wisconsin, you can buy, but it's against the law to export them even outside the state. They don't sell them outside because they want the profit from that beer to go <laughs> to Wisconsin, not to any big uh, okay. corporate. Yeah. You know. Ooh. Whatever, okay. and so I, mean, I don't. I'm not at all surprised that the best beers in Australia are all in Australia. Makes sense. Also, can I just say, how is it that everyone in the world can do an American accent, and I can't do any accents very well? Try one. Let's see. Uh, no, I can't all do an Australian accent. I'm <clears throat> so ashamed because Andrew does an American accent better than I do any accent of any kind. Melissa, no, no, no. You've done a bunch of ac accents on this show, and they're all terrible. No, Melissa, no, no. They're Charlie great. is so cool; like, cannot do an American accent. So you're okay with him. <clears throat> That's one so of there's the one things. British man who can't do an American accent. <laughs> there's one thing which I've always had great difficulty in understanding is every time I encounter an American who tries to say g'day, and like g'day, it's like, no, g'day. It's like they're having a stroke good at the same day. time. It's like, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's not hard. Good day. And they, yeah, that's pretty good. And so a lot of people have <laughs> Australian accent confirmed. <laughs> Crikey. <laughs> um, 
But it, it's, it's just not hard. But the thing which I found with Americans when they try and do it is like you're simply trying too hard. It's just the Gert sound with day just melded together like four letters and that's it. Too many consonants in a row. We can't handle that. It's like, ah, what do we do with this? Does it try harder? Yes, try harder. <laughs> All right, pull another card. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I suppose I might as well do this. Okay. <laughs> Self-inflicted torture. From Aaron in New York. Yay, more Aaron. <laughs> What does kangaroo, crocodile, and koala meat taste like? <laughs> I'm okay with the first two. I'm a little disturbed by the last one. Why is the last one disturbing? I don't well, know because they're fuzzy. I'm <laughs> I pretty sure kangaroos are fuzzy too. Because the but they alligator people. would <laughs> Wait, would see, object this is the thing, is, <laughs> to well, being eaten. Kangar- fuzzy. Kangaroos, if you... Wait, is there a real answer to this? Have you had these? I've had one of these. Ooh. Um, a kangaroo can break your ribs if it kicks you. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, a crocodile, well, those will just eat you. Yes. And koala, it is not a bear. Well, yes. It is not a bear, people. He, but he didn't use bear. He didn't say bear, careful. I don't think. Um, and koalas are soft and fuzzy and everyone thinks they're really cute. They're horrid. They do actually have very sharp claws. One of the guys on, on supercars back in the day captured one in his backyard. I don't know if you remember that, but there was a guy that had one in a dog crate. And it was flipping out. And uh, he was like, I need to let it go, but I don't know how without hurting I, myself. Okay, I had a picture on my phone. I wish I had it right now. I deleted it because it was disturbing me. It was a picture of a koala that had just gotten wet. It was soaking wet. I don't know if it was still raining or what. but And it was so angry. It was making like this demon face. Yeah. And it scared the crowd. Like, it disturbed me deep down in my Nightmares forever. place where I love koalas and think they're cuddly and sweet. And I had to delete it off of my phone. I was like, this can't be here anymore. So is crocodile the one that you Yeah, eaten? what have you had? I've had kangaroo. Kangaroo. Or roo, for sure. What does it taste like? Um, chicken? No, it doesn't taste like chicken. That's I, what they proved on Mythbusters. None of it tastes like chicken. I don't know if they, they had kangaroo. They did have kangaroo. Okay. The closest approximation I could give, at least in terms of more traditional meats I've had, would be beef in terms of texture and things like that. Um, Is it a common thing? Can you get it in a normal supermarket? You can go to a supermarket. You can get kangaroo kebabs like the skewers or kangaroo steak. And at restaurants, they'll serve it as well? Uh, It's more difficult to find in restaurants. To be Um, fair, you can get kangaroo at Stewart's. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So um, in terms of what it tastes like, I know I didn't like the kangaroo steak, but I did like the kangaroo skewers. So it's kind of hard to describe. It's definitely got a stronger, more unique flavor than beef does, but it's not, you know, hit you in the face hard or anything like yeah. that. Um, but I haven't tried kangaroo, and I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to have koala meat. So, oh, really? Are they protected? I've never seen it anywhere in any form. <clears throat> are they so? Okay, I was gonna say, are they like our version of a raccoon? Like, are they just like nuisances that are dumb and everybody hates them because they carry disease? Or are no, they... no, no, no. Um, you don't find them all over suburbia or anything like that. Um, you do find very much out in country areas. And this is a thing. Is I think it's something like 90, somewhere between 95 and 99% of Australia's population lives on the coast. Yeah. So unlike America, where you've got people all over the place, you know, the vast majority of our interior is totally uninhabited. Yeah. So that's one of the things that, you know, people, especially Americans, because the geographical size, discounting Alaska, the geographical size of American Australia is fairly similar. But Americans are used to, they can travel up the center of the US and there's lots of towns and things like yep. that. You do it in Australia, you in die. the outback, if you're not prepared, then yeah, you can die. Yeah. Because you can go for hours and hours and hundreds of miles and see nothing and no one. No fuel, no anything. No yeah. fuel, no nothing. Yep. So it's like being in the middle of Utah all the time? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I've heard parts of Utah are like that. It's pretty empty. But yeah, I, I definitely recommend that anyone that finds themselves in Australia, by all means, try, try roo, try crocodile if you can get your hands on it, but... 
I tried to eat alligator when I was in Florida, but nobody would. You couldn't find it, or you? They looked for it in the supermarket, and they couldn't find it. We were oh, going to wow. have Uncle Mike was a little obsessed with trying to eat it. We were going to have alligator burgers. I was really excited. Nice. Didn't happen. I'm a little bummed. All right, your turn. It is my turn. And so my uh, my yellow card. Um, I just wrote on it shameless self promotion because I learned a new skill this week, and I thought I would share. Is it like a stupid human trick? No, oh, no. You know about my brand new skill. Um, I no, I made a tutorial video um, on my computer at school, and I just wanted to share my fun little experience. Um, so I was doing a project with my students, and I needed to teach them some uh, ways to use a piece of software that some of them are familiar with, and some of them are not. They're recording podcasts. Podcast. Actually, talking about a podcast um, and a podcast. This is like Inception. It's super meta right Wong. now. But, um, <laughs> but, um, it's only two layers, though. we got to go deeper. <laughs> one of the things I found with my students is that they, if they don't know how to use the software, their end products are worse because they focus so much on learning to use the software, they don't focus on the content that I want them to produce. So I was trying to think of ways that I could help them learn to use the software. And I was going to do a tutorial lesson and lead them all through it in class. And they never pay attention to me when they're on the computer. So I thought to myself, self, why don't you make a tutorial video? They're all over YouTube. People think they're great. And you could tell them exactly what you want them to do with the exact like computer setup that they're going to have. So it's not just some random YouTube video that I pulled. So I did some searching on the internet, figured out how to record my screen with my voice. I made a video and most of the children were able to follow it. I loved it. So she sent it to me to kind of proofread watch and I thought it was fantastic. She did a great job for a rookie. So the kids actually liked it though? Um, Some of them. I mean, some of them just didn't bother because... They hate me. No, they're going to fail anyway, so it doesn't matter. Who knows what their deal is. Uh, but I'm hoping then that with their final products, because they had a chance to learn how to use the software with the tutorial, that they can all, we can have less of the, I don't know how to save it, Mrs. Longnecker, problems. The best part about having a video is when they come up to you and ask dumb questions, you can just go, watch the video again. Watch the video again. I already explained this. Watch the video again. And you can just like deflect all dumb questions back to the video. Yeah. It's <laughs> <As> a sign. <laughs> yeah. Just you know, think on your desk and it says, watch, watch the, video the video again. <laughs> so yeah, awesome. that was my shameless self-promotion. Yay. Yay. Amy. We're going to save you for at least a try. We need to get all these blue cards at some point. <laughs> this or that. Ketchup or mustard. Seeing as I hate mustard, we're going to go with ketchup. Mm, good. Ketchup God. is good on fries, but I don't know if I would, I need mustard. No, no, yeah, you don't. Like, like hot dogs, you need mustard. Some no, recipes you, you need mustard, like, like spicy uses, mustard or like fancy French. What, what would triscuits be without mustard? <clears throat> I've never had mustard on a triscuit. We should get some triscuits. triscuits. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, no, we used to do it all okay, the time. It's like like a mini wheat. Like those It's a cereal, shredded wheat cracker. Like shredded uh-huh. wheat cracker. So okay. it's like it's like a thing with a crap ton of salt on it. Yes. Yeah. They're good with ranch dressing. That's my favorite way to eat them. I like them with Parmesan. Whatever, nice. dude. No, 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 no. You used to buy that like brown mustard yes, with the like hot, yeah. the, you know, habaneros it was chopped great. into yes. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was amazing. I think I'm going <laughs> to, I would keep mustard and lose ketchup. I'm going to keep mustard too because mustard is actually good for you and ketchup is just, just sugar. A pound of sugar. Yep. I was going to I was going to say keep ketchup and get rid of mustard, but since I'm an Aussie and we have both ketchup and tomato sauce, I can chuck the ketchup and no, you don't get to make homemade. Okay, I was gonna say you don't get to make homemade ketchup. That doesn't work. (laughs) No, I know. No, tomato sauce is a different thing. Isn't it the stuff you similar or cook with? It's not the same. 
Basically, we're choosing which to make holy, the the mustard seed or the tomato. If the tomato is holy, then you can't you can't chop it up. It's like a cow in Hindu. Yeah. Right? No, I don't think that works. In Hindi? In Hindu? You know what I'm talking about. Hinduism. Shut up. <laughs> I'm picking mustard. To keep? Yes. Okay. So, Amy, you are the only one? Yes, because I Sweet, think mustard's Sweet, I can steal Amy's ketchup. Win. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Um, <coughs> I'm going to pull a yellow card. Okay. But there's nothing on your yellow card. Uh, it's the I'm worst fine. thing for you, actually. Yeah. So we're going to do this without ruining it for people. Yeah, but spoiler free. I would like to talk about The Hobbit because all of us except Amy watched it yesterday. Because you went without me. Not my fault. You have a dumb job. All Fair right. Enough. So <laughs> I have. Oh, snap. This is like the eighth, eighth time on this podcast I've made fun of her job. Um, so we went and saw it. And uh, I think I'll just start with this. I, I never, ever watch trailers for movies I know I want to see. Like the, the moment I make the decision, I'm like total radio silence to trailers. Okay. Because I don't trust them. They've, they've been terrible with Lord of the Rings part two. Uh, in the trailer, you know, it showed that Gandalf was still alive. And I get it that a lot of people have already read the books and they're familiar with the story. But like to have that kind of stuff in a trailer, like I just don't trust them anymore. Uh, so I watched the trailer for the Hobbit, uh, yesterday or this morning. I don't remember which. And I was again, disgusted at all of the scenes. They show a lot of the, you know, comedic, like the punchline of the jokes or the enemies they're fighting or the people or what, like I was really disappointed. So Amy, my question for you is, have you seen the trailers and do you think that they have already kind of ruined part of the movie for you? Was there a trailer in James Bond? No. No. Then no, I have not seen a trailer. I have overseen the poster a number of times and I'm highly disturbed by the fact that John Watson has hair. Who's John Watson? From Sherlock. Uh, Martin Freeman, the... Give me the character. The actor playing Bilbo. Oh. Is he bald? No, no he, he just has, has really very short, short hair, hair oh, okay. in Wait, Sherlock. Wait, were you using his television name? Yes. <laughs> Amy, Amy can't remember actors' names, so she, so she picks an iconic character oh, okay. and refers to okay. people as that only. She could have just said that Bilbo has hair. Well, no, because <laughs> Martin Freeman just stop. Just stop. What? All right, Kelly. So you saw it. Apart from my mom chewing very loudly, I'm yeah. guessing you oh enjoyed it. Oh my god! I, I, every time I go to the theater, I remember why I, I like promise myself I'm never going to see another movie in the theater, and then I go again, and I, I make the same promise, <laughs> and I forget, or you know, I just like, oh, I gotta see them in the theater, and then I go, and then I hate my life. <clears throat> Your mom chews so loud. <laughs> you could have just stopped giving her food. I didn't know she was going to keep the bag of M&M's, man. <laughs> I passed it along, you know, thinking I was being nice. She just sat there chewing on them for like Most half an hour. Most of the bag is gone, yes. Yeah. And That's it's like a pound of bag. Yeah. I had like four of those. <laughs> All right, so the movie itself, what did you think? Um, I liked it, and I didn't like it. And I liked it because it's The Hobbit, and it's one of my, you know, one of those books I grew up with. And my dad read it to me when I was very little. And I like, I actually did like the fact that they included material from the appendices. So you kind of had a little bit of the backstory for the Lord of the Rings happening at the same time. Yep. Which was, which was kind of cool because I haven't actually read the appendices yet. That's um, pretty good. Yeah. So, um, but what I didn't like was the excessive, the excessive action that they, they put into the, into what the Hobbit. Mean? I mean, okay. Like there's a lot of action in the Hobbit. You okay, one of, the iconic, the one of the iconic scenes is the scenes with the the trolls. Okay. Everybody who's read the Hobbit books knows about the trolls yep. and how um, all the you know all the dwarves get captured and then uh, Bilbo is there and he he basically <clears throat> wits his way out of that situation. Sure. Without giving too much away. But in the movie they decided to make it this big 
grandiose action scene. It did end up in like a big sword fight. A really big sword <laughs> fight. And then, you know, Deus Ex. They don't spoil uh, that Ga- part. But Gandalf. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, um, who, you know, wasn't even in the book at that point. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> they, they, so they took creative license with a lot. Lord of the Rings. And I, so it's not too out of the question that they would do it with the Hobbit as well. Yeah, there are definitely one, one, some I scenes. think one thing that also bugged me was that the they chose to change a lot of dialogue. I mean, I know they kind of made Gollum this schizo, multi personality thing yeah. in the Lord of the Rings. So they they can't go to, back. They, yeah, they had to address that in the in this film too. But I don't know. The the just the added dialogue kind of ruined him okay. a little bit. Like and and a lot of the really great lines that he had in the book weren't there. Like there there was just one line I remember from the scene where he and Bilbo were having their little <clears throat> competition that I really wanted to be in the movie and it wasn't in there and it just kind of drove me crazy. The thing, can I can I address that scene real quick? <clears throat> the thing that bothered me most about that scene was how bright it was. When, oh, yeah, when I yeah. read the book, I remember thinking that this was basically pitch dark. That, yeah. they, that they're essentially like sitting there discussing it, these riddles in the, way, yeah, in the mean, dark. I mean, that's in, the, in 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 both. Of these or in these movies, they they always introduce Gollum as like these shining eyes, yeah. and they kind of the played on that in the video. And they, in the and they movie, did but. that a little bit in at the very beginning when he comes in, but if yeah, if they had done that during that Mostly whole dark, scene yeah. where he just it would have been awesome shadow it's and really these, scary. these glimmering eyes kind of stalking around that that is exactly how I pictured the book. So right. that would have been great. Sorry, I think for me it comes down to the fact that when The Hobbit was written. It was written before The Lord of the Rings was even conceived of in Tolkien's mind. I read The Hobbit before I'd heard any of the story of The Lord of the Rings. But this movie being made after the fact is really made as a sequel to The Lord of the Rings. I mean, in a lot of ways, there's a lot of stuff that you have to know already in order to fully understand what's going on in The Hobbit. And I think that really changes the nature of the movie. The thing I liked best, though, is that you don't see Smog. Yes, I you thought that was great. see bits and pieces of the yep. dragon. But I was really scared. Because the dragon's not like in this that. movie. Yeah. The fact that we don't see him, I thought was a brilliant yeah. choice. You got hints of Because him, there's you didn't, tons yeah. of mystery left yep. for that later on. That was okay. good. That was good restraint. I thought yeah. that, yeah, I really liked that about it, too. Andrew, thoughts? See, now I'm talking to someone who's never read the books. We had them in the house. We had very old copies in the house, but I never read the books. So you went into the movie without knowing the story? Nothing about it at all. Okay. Completely new experience. And it was strange because it was a really long film, but it didn't feel long when I was in it. And, you know, when we first sat down and things started showing, us, like, okay, so we got the pre-previews and then the previews and I think, gosh, by the time the movie actually starts, I'm going to need to go to the bathroom already. Yep. Um, but when, where the movie concluded, and I don't know if that was, you know, at the same point as the book or whatever, it's like, oh, it's over. Can I interject? You know that it's being split into a trilogy, right? I do. Okay. But that's not the end of the story. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I know that much. Okay. And I know that where they live is like, okay, yeah, that's just like massively wide open for, you know, other films to, to come along. So, um, but no, I, I really enjoyed it. And so the various issues, which going by his facial expressions, properly irritated Kelly, um, <laughs> didn't have any, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be, even be aware of things like that. So for me, I could just watch it as sure. Peter Jackson's creation based yeah. on the book and nothing else. I enjoyed it a lot. It, it had a slow beginning, and then once it picks up, it stays going. I was impressed with how 
far into the story they chose to cut this movie at, I was expecting it to, to trail off much sooner than it did. So the fact that it just kept going, I was like, oh, we get this scene. Oh, we get this scene. Oh, we get this. I was like, oh, this is kind of a nice bonus at the end. Like, yeah. it was both good and bad because it started to really like build towards a climax. And then they're like, okay, now you have to wait. And I was like, ah, oh, jerks. Like, <laughs> you know, we were just picking well, up it, a lot it, of I, momentum I, for the last I 40 minutes. Hope, I was hoping that was a round where they would end it. Actually. It's a good place. Yeah. It's a really good I figured, place. I figured when I went back through the book in my head, I was like, okay, because I could get past the mountains. And I think that's good because then we've got, you know. The scariest Mirkwood. part is yeah. coming next. Yes. Oh, man. So, yeah. Movie two, I think Mirkwood. it's just going to be the elves. It's like, gonna that's just so going to cool. be the whole movie, I would imagine. Anyway. So, anyway, yeah, it was a good movie. You guys should go see it. And we will move on. Kelly? Uh, what? What? Let me just emphasize that. What? It's losing its meaning now. <laughs> would you have been... <laughs> what would have been a better name for the Wii U? Wii 2 or Super Wii or... Anything else? All Who? Of those are <laughs> no, no, no. These are great names because Super Wii, w- Super Nintendo. <laughs> so one of the challenges that's happening right now with the Wii is that most clueless. Okay, let's back this up. The Wii was predominantly purchased by like middle-aged women and old people and non-gamers that thought it was really fun to go over to their family's house on Thanksgiving and play Wii Sports. They're seeing all these commercials and they're assuming that it's just the tablet that it's, it's an addition to their current Wii that's sitting in the closet collecting dust. And they just have to go out and buy this tablet and then they go home. Because all the commercials show everybody playing with the Wii controllers. The games look very similar. The art style is the same. And the game the system is kind of really not taking off well. Like for a launch that just happened, you can go into any store and just see 10 of them on the shelf. Nobody I did, cares. I didn't know it had happened. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows that it's out and nobody really cares to buy one. We Best actually buy. we actually drove out to Best Buy on the, the night before the launch in Austin because Luke was going to get some... I wanted to interview the people in line for the podcast. There was nobody Not in a line. single person in line. Oh, rough. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I'm wondering if, if Wii U is part of the problem. If they had called it Wii 2 and people had got this like clear like, oh, it's the next Wii... Uh, I get it that Super Wii is kind of a, a, a silly joke for all the Nintendo kids out there, but I'm wondering if there's anything that Nintendo could have done to made this thing more clearly Wii squared. Wii squared. Give it a completely different name. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Drop the Wii part completely. Because think- right now it just sounds like a siren, the name. Okay, but okay, yeah, we, we, we've done this before. Okay, <laughs> so really upset piggy. There, there's there's two arguments there. There's the argument that you know the Wii sold 80 million units, so keeping that in the name is relevant to maybe sell another 80 million units. The flip side of that is that 80 million of those Wiis are now sitting in the closet. Nobody likes it anymore, and by kind of attaching it to that same thing, people are like, "Hey, I've already done that." Well, what was the code name for the Wii before they announced that it Revolution. was the Wii? Revolution. Why couldn't they have named it the Wii Revolution? I might have because it might have, it would have, <laughs> amazing. It would have told people that this is completely different because it's, when it comes to the Wii, it is completely different because you've got that stupid thing in your hand. Do you know Red, Reggie, you abomination of a human being. He is. Do you know anybody? Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, he is. Um, um, I you do need not to know just go to the factory, repackage it. Just with a sharpie, paint it on. Just two. Just, just write a two. Revolution. Over the, oh, revolution. Okay. I, I do revolution. not know anyone who owns it. However, I have walked through Best Buy about a half a dozen times in the last week. There are big signs that say "Wii U in stock," and I just giggle as I walk. Are there them. kiosks? Can people play it? Yeah. Yes, and I've seen five-year-old boys playing it. Maybe a seven-year-old. I don't know. None of none of them. Only make, children. Nobody on Facebook is talking about it. Kelly, who usually buys all the system, is clearly not interested. I. Uh, is it that it's three hundred and fifty dollars? Is oh that God really? Yes. Wow. <laughs> no, I just, I just didn't know anything about it, and I I haven't been gaming as much really. Sure. So I 
Okay. I just wanted to address it because it's been kind of this shameful launch for a Nintendo system that we haven't seen since maybe the GameCube. Um, Which is still a better name. Yeah. Because it was a cube that played games. Yep. It's a sweet system too. It didn't have a ton of games, but a lot of them are really good. That's true. Yeah. I should draw another card. No, 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 no. It's Ah. Andrew's turn. (laughs) Darn it. Would you rather be another person for a day or be any animal of your choice for a day? Dude. Wait, if if you're the person, do you see the world through that person's eyes or are you just in their body? It doesn't say. We decide that. I want to be Beckham for a day. Which one, David or Victoria? David. (laughs) (laughs) Because you went to sleep with his wife? Pretty much. Oh, God, come on. (laughs) That's That's the best thing you could have done. All right, Melissa. It's hard enough being me. I. You don't want to be an animal? Why? You don't want to be a unicorn for a day? No. Not exist for a day? <laughs> I, I, I don't want to play. Neither whale. of those sound at all appealing. Hmm. I, I lean towards animal, but I can think of all the good I could do. And by good, I mean bad. Bad <laughs> that I could do if I was a person. So I don't know. The guy with the launch codes? Is that who you want to be for a day? No, I could be like the Ferrari <laughs> president that's like, we're so disbanding and pulling out of Formula One and liquidating all assets starting immediately. All Go. you do is get him fired. You only yeah, have him for 24 right, fine, hours. Fine, fine, Yeah. Arson then. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Take him apart from the inside. <laughs> Amy, animal or person? Can I be a fictional character? No. Then I don't want to play. <laughs> have you never wanted to be How an animal? can not be a fictional character? Come on. Because you wouldn't exist. That doesn't count. We've already had those questions before. No. I want to be a fictional character. Who do you want to be? Amelia Pond. Really? And have your <laughs> life constantly be in danger because of the recklessness of Doctor for Who? For 24 hours, man. 24 hours of getting to be with Doctor Who. Oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> She'd probably just hang out in the TARDIS. You could just like endanger your life by going somewhere else in the real world. <laughs> Maybe yeah, not the same. Said, yeah, it's not yeah. the same. Um, it's not the same. Kelly? I'm going to be a falcon. That's what I'm going to be for a day. Falcon. I'm going to be a falcon and poop on people. <laughs> I was going to say the soaring around would be amazing. You took it to a dark place. Um, Stealing people's car keys, you know. <laughs> trolling people for a day. <laughs> Go to the park, snatch How your keys off How is that any the different than normal, table Luke? And drop them in the pond. <laughs> it's just terrible. Yeah. Falcon. Done. Okay. <laughs> was like, that's the jerkiest falcon ever, man. <laughs> um... I can't maybe. swim. Ooh, maybe I should be a dolphin. An otter. An otter? Just That's don't let really anyone pet shallow you. shallow water. Why would, okay. an, why would anybody pet an otter? I don't know. People try to pet otters, but sometimes... Sounds dangerous. That's a bad idea. Um, what would I want to be? It could be like a Sasquatch. Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> how about being, oh, you know, oh. how about being your dog for a day? I've got this. You could see you... I want to be Wait, a freaking pterodactyl for a day. I, You'd be dead. You'd be in the ground Would you as be a, a pterodactyl fossil. in space? Yes. Uh, <laughs> be a space pterodactyl. Space pterodactyl. All right, we're going to allow that. <laughs> so crazy that it has to be. I'm Andrew? sorry, I just like the fact that you qualify as a pterodactyl, you'd be dead. Like, this is a genuine <laughs> question we think about. This feels like one of those questions, though, that if you asked a genie and you asked to be a unicorn, they would just kill you. Or, or something, you know, like you would be a fossil. You know, it would be one of those genie jerk moves. Yeah, well, my answer is basically going to be the same as yours, something like a falcon or an eagle or something like that. Because, I mean, I don't think I've ever met someone that wouldn't find the idea of flying appealing. It sounds fun. And since it's purely that sort of that one thing for a day, it's like, you know, there are heaps of other things I could achieve with a human body, but flying by myself is not one of them. It's so. one of those things, though, like we're, we're assuming that when you become this animal, you have the skills or instincts or abilities of the animal. <laughs> 
It's not like your brain being like, all right, so how do I fly? Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly I have no idea what to do with these wings. Ah! Yeah, I'd be sitting there thinking, okay, I've got wings. They bend weird. <laughs> What's wrong with this picture? <laughs> just keep falling off of things. Then your then your fancy key stealing would just be you flopping around <laughs> on the ground. Everybody feels bad for the falcon. They put you down or something. Probably. Yeah. I think I would only be a person if I could see the world through that person's eyes. I think that would be the only benefit. I think I might choose Melissa. I think if I could do it. To know it's weird. Well, I, I think it would help our marriage to know like how you see things and that skill would be it's like, you know, the what women want movie, right? Asking the questions one. is good. Yes, <laughs> yes. That is one way to do it. I like my cheap shortcut better. <laughs> Those always backfire. Yes. Speaking of questions. All right, we got one. Which sound from Star Wars do you think was most successful? This is a great question, by the way. Wow, yeah. Lightsabers. <laughs> Or TIE Fighters? That is actually a hard one. (laughs) They're both great sounds. It's, I mean, George Lucas, whoever you got to be your sound designer, that was an awesome choice. Everything in that film was iconic. I mean, all of it. I'm just trying to picture if I was watching the movies with the the sounds edited out. It's just silence for whatever the, the, you know, TIE Fighter or lightsaber. And I'm trying to think what one would bother me most. I think silent TIE fighters would bother me most. I, th- I think I could understand. I could understand it's silent. It's the most fake. inappropriate yes. sound. You wouldn't have space sounds. Yes. And in fact, later space action movies and shows did go with silence in outer space yep. because, I mean, probably not because of Star Wars, but because of the kind of broad realization that the notion of sounds in space is so. Absurd, but I intend to agree with you. The Tie Fighters are—I mean, it's—it's it's a fantastic sound because it's—it's it's like angry it is, metal it's a, it's grinding an angry, on itself. Like, yeah. Well, and they're the bad guy ships, yeah. so it's a perfect <clears throat> sound for the bad guy ships because it's just so harsh and grating and angry sounding, and and it makes them sound—it makes them seem fast. They're not fast-looking little ships, but with that sound, that sound just makes them it makes them sound like they could be fast, fast enough to catch up with the good guys in their sleek X-wing ships. Andrew, what about you? You are not a Star Wars fan, I don't think. No, no, no. I mean, I like Star Trek, but I don't get bothered getting drawn to ridiculous Star Wars, Star Star, Trek uh, arguments. Well, Star Trek is better, so. And um, (laughs) um, that one is actually genuinely difficult to to choose. I'd probably lean only very slightly to the lightsaber sound just because I think. It was more successful? Yeah, just fractionally. It's perhaps something that's a little bit more familiar. Um, But like I said, it's, it's only a very, very narrow margin. It is weird. Melissa points out the whole sounds in space thing. I think I would have an easier time with the idea that a lightsaber would be silent because it doesn't have to make any noise. It's just a thing being swung around. So I, logically, it makes more sense for that to be silent and the ship to be noisy. But in scientific world, like, no, it doesn't make it flips on its head. Yeah, I mean, technically, if you just got a beam of light, it's not going to make any sound other either. Yeah, it's, so, the whole thing is yeah. silly, but I just... I I think I need to keep TIE Fighters. I, I think that was more successful. It's interesting because after going to Austin, the text message sound on my phone has changed. It, it is now the sound of Formula One cars going by. And one of my coworkers, she just trolls me every time it happens, but 
almost everybody else who doesn't already know what it is, when they realize that it's my phone, they look at me and say, is that a Star Wars ringtone? Really? <laughs> they, they almost always ask me that. <laughs> and when I'm out in public, it'll go off and people will be like, do you have a Star Wars ringtone? I'm like, no, but close. Because it does sound like that. Like, it, it has a tone of that. TIE Fighters. I'm really curious about like comparing these two sounds now. But yeah, I, so I, I mean, it, they're both definitely recognizable sounds. I, I had a customer the other day who had every Star Wars sound on her phone imaginable, and she played them all for me in the space of me cutting her like two pieces of fabric because she was so excited about them. Um, <laughs> it was a little silly. I mean, so I mean, they're very recognizable sounds, and I, I don't think you could get rid of either of them. Which you have to, Which one's more successful? Let's not say one doesn't go away, but which one do you think conveys the idea of that object more? I think the lightsaber, because if I'm not watching and I he- just am hearing the battle happening, I can tell, you can tell how the battle's going. Somebody's winning or somebody's losing or they're at a stalemate okay. versus they're just flying. So you, you, you want, you like TIE Fighter oh, more? I'm going with the TIE Fighter. Lightsaber, TIE Fighter, Kelly? I prefer, I, yeah, the TIE Fighter's pretty sweet. Andrew? Oh, lightsaber. Lightsaber, okay. <clears throat> no, 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 you have to do the green one. Oh, okay, actually, we have to do both. Okay. You said we had to do the blue ones. Do the blue one. I'm sorry, Andrew. You have a good green one. <laughs> Josh and Lacey. Do the toilets in Australia really flush in the opposite direction? Um, personally, I don't know, but I have heard that is actually the case. You don't just sit there and watch your toilet flush every time? Do you? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is probably yes, but the truth is I don't actually know which way the water goes. It goes anti-clockwise. I checked today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, yeah. I, Yeah. <laughs> well, that was an easy. All right, one. I have a different Australia question. Okay, you were talking about kangaroos earlier. Have you ever seen a kangaroo lick its arms? No. Okay. How many I've kangaroos seen, have you seen with your I've eyes? I've seen a few of them. the The thing is, though, is that um, the vast majority of kangaroos people will see who actually live in Australia uh, is as roadkill. Yep. I kind of like deer. But I, I have a friend who is. Her husband is from Australia, and she spent some time there. And she said that the only kangaroos that they ever saw were at the zoo because they didn't see them as roadkill. They didn't venture out very often. Um, but they never saw them lick their arms. And I'm waiting for to see to meet someone who has actually seen a kangaroo lick its arms. I haven't seen it lick its. I haven't seen them lick their arms. I've seen them, you know, hopping around. And unlike deer, which just you know sort of stop when they see a car coming, roos are generally hopping across the road at an inopportune time. They don't sit there. I've seen V8 supercars hit yes, roos on that, the track. Uh, that was quite spectacular, yes. that particular incident. And this is the thing is some of those, especially like a big red, um, they're, you know, like a, pretty much a, a very big person. If you hit a big red with your car, then, yeah, it's going to suffer proper damage. Yep. And sort of on that vein, a lot of people think that wombats, uh, you know, really cute and cuddly and all that sort of stuff, kind of like, you know, different uh, like a different um koala kind of thing it walks on the ground thing is is that they see something that's a little brown and fluffy and he's about i don't know as big as sort of like the computer tower maybe if you will if you just squash him down widen him out um and they move really slowly but if you see one of those on the road you swerve you don't hit it really because those things are basically little sort of bunkers with legs it's like hitting you, a cinder block if you if you hit a wombat with wow. your car your car is what's going to come off worse oh wow you swerve it's like a you moose. don't hit a wombat yes it's tiny just much smaller all right is it my turn yes yes i thought you wanted the blue ones crap well this one's time sensitive so i should read it uh, with voting season now behind us, what are your thoughts on the initiative process? 
So I looked this up the other day. There are 25 states that have, well, there's 24 states plus uh, DC that have initiatives, things people can vote on directly. And uh, I think they're pretty cool. I think they're the reason that I vote. I think if Washington was a state that didn't have initiatives, I wouldn't even participate in the voting process at all. I just find them really neat. I like the idea that people can like directly influence policy without having to like hire somebody that then decides policy. Um, so I think initiatives are pretty cool, even if I don't always agree with how they turn out. Melissa has something to say. As a historian, I see the the value, historically speaking, of the initiative process. Do you know initiatives? That concept in Australian politics is completely foreign. Okay. So in some states in the United States, for anybody out there who doesn't know, because um, you may be living in one of those other, yeah, the other half. <laughs> 26 states, um, but people in Washington can propose ballot measures um, so the ballot measure comes from the people, is voted on by the people, and the legislature has zero say, even when the initiative may directly impact the legislature's ability to do its job. Yes, that happens sometimes. This year. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, it requires the gathering of signatures, and, and there has there's a certain process that it goes through before it can get on the ballot, but then we vote on it, and... Historically speaking, initiatives were really important because, especially in states where the political machine was so kind of politically inbred that there was no way for the voice of the people to be accurately represented by state legislatures or city councils or any kind of political entity. But unfortunately, the last kind of, I'd say, 15 or 20 years of Washington state history has demonstrated, in my mind, that the initiative process is has really hamstrung our state legislature in particular and has made it very difficult for our legislature to do its job. So like all Tim Iman's initiatives? Well, kind of and not just Tim Iman's initiatives, which on the whole make it impossible for a state to spend money of any kind because they're not allowed to collect money from anyone for any reason without like 117% approval. Um, <laughs> I think the math doesn't work. I know the math doesn't work. It, I, it is hyperbole for a reason um, because I'm bitter. No, I'm not actually bitter. I'm, I'm bitter. just annoyed um, by the fact I, I'm annoyed by the fact that we have this Republic system where we elect people whose job is supposed to be making decisions about things like how we collect our taxes and how we spend our money. And then to go behind their backs, essentially, and say, um, this is how you're going to do your job, regardless of who we elect. This is how you're going to do your job or this is what you're going to do, I think has made it such that the state legislature in Washington has been hesitant to take action on anything, even things that are clearly the legislature's prerogative. And so in that sense, I don't know that I would approve of doing away with the initiative process entirely, but I think that it is frequently misused in Washington state. I've um, never heard this counterpoint to the initiative process. This is kind of fascinating. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, after the first few Tim Iman initiatives passed, um, Sorry, the legislature, no, the legislature simply stopped passing any kind of um, fee or tax increases on anything whatsoever. Um, because every time they did, a new initiative would rescind it. And um, and so the, the, this sounds like a bad idea. The legislature that. went through a couple of terms where absolutely zero work got done in terms of budget kinds of things. And, and our budget process in the state has been slowed down enormously because of these requirements for two thirds majorities on simple fee increases. 
um, if we don't like the the fee increases or the tax increases, we need to vote different people into our legislature, not tell our legislature that they're not allowed to do the one thing they're actually supposed <laughs> to do, which is to collect taxes and spend government money. Kelly, thoughts on this as a voter of Washington State? I agree with Melissa. Yes. Yes. Amy, it was very I well argued. With Melissa. I'm starting to agree with Melissa. Now. Dang it! Yeah. <laughs> Plus, that way people don't harass I mean, me when the, I come out of stores. On the flip side, I will say that the anti-smoking initiative that the legislature didn't have the guts to, you know, put forth in during their session that made smoking in public spaces illegal in the state of Washington, voted for that one. That was pretty good. Totally yeah, approve I mean, of that yeah, one. I mean, some, some of them are some really, of them good. Are really good, yeah. but a lot of them have been used to hamper our government's ability to do its job. Andrew, in Australia, that would be almost a political revolution. So for us, we have local, state, and federal elections. You are required by law to, to vote. vote. Yeah. Uh, every single person of voting age, so 18 or older. And when you go there, they check your name off, everything like that. You just pay a fine if you don't? Correct. It's about $60 if you don't vote. Um, and so there are some people that I know that deliberately donkey vote, deliberately throw it. Um, and I will apologize for the French here. The general view of Australians when it comes to politicians is they're all a pack of assholes. And that's about that's the same it. here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're all as bad as each other. You trust them as far as you could throw them. Yep. Um, and so some people throw their it's votes. It's good to know it's not just us. <laughs> some, people, some people throw their votes precisely for that reason. But we get a, a, a say in who gets elected for the local election, the state election, and the federal election. There are no caps. So the idea of a two-termer in Australian federal politics means nothing. Our previous federal government was in voted in four consecutive times. Because it's a um, parliamentary system, remember? Yeah. So it's different. Okay. But uh, in terms of voting directly on issues, we do not get that capacity. I think you guys vote on sheriffs and things like that. I've heard in some states mm, yes. they do we that. Yes, we do here. Yeah. No, you do not. Get that. It's your local, state, and federal representative, and that is all you get a vote on. Huh. So something like what you guys say, I could see how it could easily hamstring a government's ability to do its job. But at the same time, I know some Australian people that would give their right leg for that capacity. Yep. All right, I'm going to call an audible. I want Amy to read her card. I think I know what it is. Speaking of Star Wars. Yes. How do you feel about Disney acquiring the Lucas properties? So this was big news when it happened because animated tr- musical Star Wars sequel. Yeah, nobody, <laughs> nobody trusts George Lucas to do anything nowadays. So when it was taken out of his hands, the world rejoiced, or at least Star Wars fans rejoiced. Kelly, do you have any thoughts on this? I just I get so sad about that last Indiana Jones movie. There was only three, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, darn right there were. <laughs> uh, do you care about Star Wars anymore? Like when they make seven, eight, nine, will you even see them or? I'm not going to put a lot of effort into it. Probably, I didn't. I hated one through three pretty bad. So, have you seen the Clone Wars uh, animated series on Cartoon Network? I've heard uh, it's really good. I've heard it's really good, yeah. but no, not really. So, one of the interesting things that I have seen come out of this has been a resurgence in interest in Star Wars. Yes. And so it's cool again. It's popular again. So it's definitely brought more interest to the series. I don't know what it's going to do in terms of how well it's going to long-term do. Sure. Okay, here's a, here's a question that might be hard for people that don't follow directors, but who would you want to direct at least episode seven? If you could give it to any director, who do you think could be trusted with at least that first reboot? 
Luke Besson. Interesting choice. So he's the guy that did Fifth Element. Yeah. That would be an interesting way to go with Star very Wars. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> That'd be very interesting, actually. Would you want to see that too, Andrew? Or do you yeah. have someone else in mind? Yeah. That, <laughs> see? Uh, I, I, I didn't. I it didn't just came to me. I was like, oh mind. my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, no, not really. I'm not someone that follows directors especially but no i think he's very much on the money in terms of in terms of what they've got to handle sort of uh, this is the, it's like the most cherished the shoe that you've been given yeah and there are very few people on the face of this planet who could faithfully fill that shoe and at the same time create something <coughs> that was new and different but still faithful to the original three films and this is what I, think. I mean i'm far from the biggest star wars fan but i mean those are movies that i grew up with and those are movies that I appreciate even more now as an adult. And I don't know, it could go either way. As a general rule, I find things like remakes and sequels, okay, these are going to be completely pants because they're always pants. But if they're good, then I'll be pleasantly surprised. Gonna, and, I'm sorry, they're going to they're be pants? <laughs> Crap. Did you say? Kelly can't let that one slide. <laughs> I, I figured out what he was saying, but at first I was just like, wait, 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 he's, he's saying pants. He can't be, he can't <laughs> be saying pants. Sense. That's not right. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I want to hear what Melissa um, was going to say because she she her eyes lit up when I asked this question. Well, I had a joke one, but then I thought of a real one. Oh, okay. What was your joke um, one? <laughs> Guillermo del Toro. Ooh, that wouldn't Ooh. be a bad answer either. Um, no, actually, all the aliens. If he could really finish freaky. anything, I true. actually <laughs> think Guy Ritchie would be a good choice. Whoa! Oh. Yes. <laughs> after, after having just watched um, the, the Sherlock, Holmes. Sherlock Holmes movie, I mean, yeah, we're like two years late to that. One, also, the but, guy that did Snatch for anybody out there. That um, that. But I mean, he's got he's got a good sense of awesome. Well, of pacing, like the action sequences, they all move, and you never feel like you get stuck in the action sequences. But I think he also has a good sense of. And I mean, some of it may just be the actors in his films have a good sense of like timing and they can work a script really well. Um, but I think that he could really, it would be quirky. It would not be traditional Star Wars. It would have to go in kind of a new yeah. direction. We'd I think it has to We anyway. would really need to introduce like brand new characters in order to give well, any yeah. director some freedom yep. to do what they want to do. Um, but I think he'd be interesting. Amy, Amy, but Amy, Luke Besson would be cool. I don't I, I don't follow directors enough okay. to be able to do it. I think that just as long as it's not Peter Jackson. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. not a good <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that Guy Richard could be interesting. However, I think his he couldn't do it like he does Sherlock in that like Watching how the fight sequence is going to happen, and then it happens. No. Like, well, no, that's, you, a, well, that's yeah. a convention for that, right? Yes. Like, they, but that's like the that's the thing that came to mind when you first said that. I'm like, uh, like, because that's the only that's the only movie I could think of that he did, and I'm like, uh, that would just be that would just I wouldn't like that. So, not with Star Wars. So, if my understanding of Star Wars fiction is true, like the the force needs to be in balance, and so with the Emperor and Darth Vader being dead, right? Darth Vader dies. The Vader yes. dies, killing the Empire. Okay, okay. So spoiler, I, I had to think it through. So you need to bring back some dark force to rebalance. There's all kinds of so there's all kinds of canon stuff out there that a new movie okay. could draw on. So I want seven, eight, nine to be dark, but not like in a tragic ending kind of way, but in like a a really serious, mature, not for kids kind of way. So I would want Neil. Is it Neil Blomkamp? Is that how you say his name? The guy that did the, so the guy that did District, District Nine. Nine. I think that oh, style wow. yeah. for Star okay. Wars could be really cool, like really gritty, scary aliens, like really dire, desperate. I don't see. 
then you, not, you, have, but, you have the Clone Wars not, for the kids and then but Star Wars for the adults. That's not canon to the the storylines that continue on. Well, I've I've read some of the books. So from what I heard, like part of this deal with Disney was that George Lucas had to like hand over all of his like materials, and I guess there was like a notebook of his plans, and it was like Episode Seven colon Episode Eight colon Episode Nine colon right. finale. <laughs> so clearly, there's not really any like established right. plans. There is seven. though among. I mean, there are some some rules. There is a rule set in which Star Wars fans exist. Okay. And if you go much outside of that and like disrespect the rule set, you're going to lose your core fan base. And all chaos will abound. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, it, it needs, and it has, I mean, I'm all for grit, but it has to have that charm that. Yeah. It's not a gritty series. Oh, yeah. No. It, it, I mean, it, it could, it could have, it could have some kind of hard, like Han Solo esque ness to it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I mean it's it's yeah. it's a Saturday morning. I mean it was created to be like a Saturday morning cereal. I like Saturday morning cereal. Right, it's kind of sugary, kind of not good for you, but you like it anyway. Yeah, so that's what Star Wars has Two to be. Bowls, please. Okay, <laughs> we are though getting. Wait, 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 wait. No, one, no, one we last have question. to open presents. We will do that. <gasps> presents. This was brought up earlier, so I have to do it. Allison from Seattle. Do Australians <clears throat> have the same love for American accents that we have for Australian accents? No. Really? Do we no. just sound like idiots to you guys? Um, it really. I do not general... sound like an idiot. No, no, no. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Some of your, how should I put this, uh, more distasteful programming manages to <laughs> violate the Pacific and make its way to our airwaves. Little honey boo boo or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so, like, really, when it comes to sort of. Australian-American relations from the Australian side of things. Your average Australian doesn't have much of an opinion about American people unless they've actually met them or they've actually been there. And the general consensus amongst all the people that I know that either know American people or have been to America is that Americans generally are really, really lovely people. They're very friendly, very hospitable, things like that. Um, We have great difficulty not making fun of southern accents so do we, we do saying Kelly you son all that sort of stuff <laughs> um but yeah it's just um yeah it's just sort of you know we don't have the same fascination at all I mean when there's a lot of American programming on Australian TV so much so that the accent thing just pretty much disappears yep um, the only time you sort of really notice it is if you're in a tourist spot and there's Americans there and you can always tell Americans because they're louder than everybody else that's true um, so yeah, it really depends. Yeah. I mean, my brother, <clears throat> he's not a fan of America or it's people or anything like that. Cause he thinks they're really self-absorbed, totally ignorant, Check. in love with themselves, Check. all that sort of hey. stuff. But then again, no, see, this is the thing is cause I've been, this is the third time I've been to the States and I enjoy coming here. I, I love the people that I know, everything like that. So when we get into an argument about America, like he thinks, which amendment is it? The right to bear arms? Yeah. The second amendment. is singularly the dumbest thing in all of Western culture. <laughs> there are many people nowadays that think that too. Um, so he said, I'm sorry, but in a modern civilized society, that has no place. Um, and this How is what does I say he feel to your about mom. Switzerland? Where everybody has a government-issued weapon? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. This is what? a thing. Oh. You, know? you didn't know that? No. Yeah. Yes. 
They, they might also be protect the Pope. They might be a peaceful nation. That's why but... they. That's why they protect the Pope. Okay. Yep. Because <laughs> they all have guns. Well, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's sort of like you know, if you hear an American in a tourist, it's like, hey, there's an American over here, and that's it. That's it. Nobody cares. Nobody Avoid cares. the American. All right. No, it's not so much that. We just. It's like, hey, Fun fact know. about about Australian culture um, that I happen to know: uh, Australian television is popular in Ireland. Random. And you see, I generally happen to think that, I mean, I don't watch much television, but America, in terms of things like drama shows and stuff like that, does some brilliant stuff. And some of the comedy shows are amazing. Australian TV, by comparison, I think is pretty much complete crap. Oh, it was the weirdest stuff. I mean, it was this bizarre Australian soap opera when I was in Ireland. That was huge. It was (laughs) the most popular show in Ireland. It was this dumb Australian soap opera where everybody had, like, crashed on an airplane on some desert island. I don't even remember. I'm sure it wasn't lost. I'm sure it wasn't lost. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) really weird. there There are people I know that would disagree, but seriously, I think Australian drama is complete crap. All right. Sorry. All right. But it's present time because Luke just had a birthday, it's Luke's birthday and he's time. old now. I'm going to open Kelly's first. Is that okay? Should I open that second? Whatever. All right. So I'm holding a thing of beans, apparently. It's a Southwest Premium Black Beans six pa- uh, 12 pack. 12 why, pack. Why do you have so many beans, box. Kelly? I just I needed a package. It, my, it was at my dad's house. Hey, it's. Well, hold on. Let me open it first. <laughs> <laughs> Spider! <laughs> it's a camera filter bag. Oh, you, you can't have the, uh, the, the bubble wrap. The bubble wrap. The bubble wrap for Kelly to make noises on the air. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so I've got a bunch of cool filters. I don't know who I- won out of this. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. You're welcome. That is for last Christmas, your birthday, and this following Christmas. Because <laughs> it's so expensive? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. All right, and then we have one from Andrew here. I hope you like it. If it's a fry magazine, I'm throwing it out of my house. Th- through the window. No. All right. <laughs> he knows a better magazine? Ferrari. Oh. <laughs> Blarg. <laughs> Pictorial history. City of Sydney. Ooh. I do like old pictures of things. I don't know if Melissa tipped you off to that, but yes. old black and white <laughs> pictures from 100 years ago are... You totally tipped him off to this idea, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Wow. So, we can learn things. I can just look at pictures. <laughs> so it's a bunch of old pictures of Sydney. It looks we really should cool. have a History of Sydney segment on like the next 17 podcasts. <laughs> whoa, whoa. That man's beard was amazing. That, that beard right there. Whoa. <laughs> he doesn't even have a mouth. It's just in Brooklyn. <laughs> his nose right ends and the beard starts. Yes. He, is, that, is he Angus or Robinson? That, that, that's Angus. That's there Angus? Is, there, there was a chain of bookstores called Angus Robertson. Could he Robertson. start the oh, beef? Okay. <laughs> we did have borders for a little while and then it sank. Yeah. Thank you for this present, Andrew. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. It's awesome. Okay, we're going to wrap this up with me bragging. Uh, We're not going to spoil the end of the F1 season yet because certain people at this table have not watched it, but I'm going to give a fantasy F1 league update. The last one of the season. Yay. In first place. Me. I win with zero points. Luke Longnecker. Boom. 2136. Beating Scott from Minnesota by three points. Ooh. After after twenty one hundred points of fighting, I beat him by three at the very end, thanks to Nico Hulkenberg. Amy jumped into third place from nowhere with twenty fifty eight. Then Carly with twenty twenty eight. Melissa coming in strong in fifth place with eighteen ninety seven. It's not my fault the caterums don't have any speed. <laughs> 
you brought that on yourself. If you would have picked someone other than Heike, you could have been a contender. Cannot do it. Next year, you might have to. I don't say anything like that. All right, David in sixth place with 1872, and Jackie in last place with 1729. Jackie, my advice for next year, don't let your daughter name your team. I think you'll do better. (laughs) What was the name of the team? Uh, Booty Butt. Booty Butt. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's definitely a five-year-old child's all right, Team so we're going to wrap this up. Uh, you guys can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TNS podcast. Also send us email or letters or questions, topics, things that don't have to do with Australia. TNS podcast at gmail.com. Next week, without any spoilers, we are going to have another special guest on. So stay tuned. It's the holiday season. Everybody has come home. Yep. So everybody's going to be on the podcast. Yay. And in tribute to this person, instead of dubstep, I'm having a secret New York City rap artist play the outro to this week's episode. Whoever guesses the <laughs> correct identity of this rapper gets a free game from the 70-something games we have for free. You do know that things like SoundHound exist, right? So take, Yep. There yeah. are two correct answers oh. for this little project at the end. So listen to the rap at the end and tell me who is singing. All right. That's been an awesome episode 41. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us. You're welcome. Uh, when you come back to America, we'll have to do this again. So, all right. For everybody else, this is Luke signing off. Goodbye. In this very moment, I slay Goliath with a sling. This very moment, I bring, put it on everything that I will retire with the ring. Extracurricular, parallel and none, I am perpendicular. Hit them with the O now, that's just ridiculous. We could have cleared up all these particulars. That could have been a homicide. I am the female Wheezy, this shit is easy, pull up in that no-no, bitch get a squeegee, yeah my flow sick, yeah, yeah my flow queasy, haha they was sleeping on me, z z z z z this pussy clean, this pussy squeaky, that pussy all, that pussy creaky, when I'm on the country, niggas As for your career, dead Ghostbuster. That's why you're mad. That's why you're why you're mad, mad. That's why you're mad.